0: Sheriff Ozzie Konezovich talks with community leaders about issues in the public safety arena, sponsored by River Ridge Hardware. This is Sheriff Ozzie Konezovich with the Sheriff's Report. Today in studio with me, we have Jonathan Bingle, and Jonathan's running for Spokane City Council. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I'm going to turn it over to Jonathan to do a quick introduction. Uh, Tell us which position you're actually running for. And the ultimate question is why?
1: Right. Um, Well, my name is Jonathan Bingle. I'm running for city council position, uh, district one, position two. Michael Cathcart sits in position one right now. Kate Burke sits in position two. And so I'm running for Kate Burke's seat. and uh, I'm running because, um, like many people that I've spoken to, uh, we're just frustrated by the direction that this city council is going. We see very much, uh, you know, heavy influences from the bigger cities in Washington, and we see the policies that are being passed in bigger cities like Seattle being, you know, starting to find their way into um, into Spokane. And being somebody who very deeply loves this area, and wants to see it continue along the right path. Um, you know that compelled me to run to fight for um, you know conservative values and uh, to fight for the city of Spokane without allowing um, other cities' policies and ideologies to uh, to taint and to uh, pervert the the city of Spokane. So uh, that's one of the big reasons why I'm running.
0: You know, you're kind in your introduction there because um, I'm not. Yeah. I see what's going on, mm-hmm. and people may not re- realize I'm actually a citizen of the city of Spokane. I mm-hmm. live in the city of Spokane, yeah. and some of the things I see and some of the things mm-hmm. I, I hear them do um, really worries me because mm-hmm. I know the jeopardy that it puts the citizens of the city, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I call this particular city council Seattle light. Absolutely, uh, yep. I mean. You are heading down the path of that extreme socialism, Marxism, Mm -hmm. and people go, Sheriff, Marxism, really? Without a doubt. That is it. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you start talking about critical anything.
1: Absolutely. Any critical theory.
0: Critical race theory, critical Mm -hmm. criminology, it is all based on Marxist philosophy. Now, how do I know that? After working for my master's, getting my master's, I had to study had to read all kinds of books and the books actually state that. I mean, they don't hide it in your college mm-hmm. curricula. As a matter of fact, it is taught at the college curricular level. Yes. So I'm I'm not being, you know, that extreme idealist. No, no I'm just being a realist, man. This is what's coming. Mm-hmm. Wake up, or you're going to have that Marxist philosophy. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind when you're talking about that philosophy yeah. versus what your vision would be let's hit the the, the ground running if you yeah. will public safety law enforcement yeah, absolutely what do you think where are
1: we so what what i've been told and you know through the conversations that i've had with you know yourself and the police chief um in the city of spokane what i know is that we're uh, about a hundred officers short of where we should be for a city our size and the state of Washington is 50th out of 50 when it comes to police per capita. Um, if you we're count, actually
0: 51st. I was about to say if you count Washington
1: D.C., then we're 51st. And when you're dealing with a situation like that, when you have a police department that is severely underfunded. What ends up happening is, you know, some of the crimes that frustrate us most, you know, property crimes, we just don't have the bodies to deal with them. You know, our police officers are terrific. As a matter of fact, I'm going on um, another ride along tomorrow. But on the ride alongs I've been on, you see they have all these calls coming in and they have to prioritize based on, you know, severity, um, which makes sense. Um, But if we had the officers, if we had the staff um, available, you know, then we could actually start to see, I think, a significant decrease in crime because we would have the ability to actually go and, and punish and uh, and um, take care of criminals. So um, I want to very much push for uh, the proper funding of our police force to get it to the, um, to the level that it needs to be to where Spokane can be, um, you know, our families and our neighborhoods can be as safe as possible.
0: You know, one of the things that concerned me just recently in reading the paper on some of the ideas that are coming out mm-hmm. and, Part of that is, you know, mental health. And rather than give SPD kudos for the work that they've been doing in that arena, the city council once again wants to strip them of their abilities, Mm -hmm. which means the behavior health units, which have been working very, very well, police officer and frontier behavioral, mental health specialists teamed up in a patrol car. They go out and respond we've cut many people from having to go to jail, mm-hmm. from going to the emergency room, getting the proper health yep. right then and there. They want to cut that. Mm-hmm. And basically they found a way to defund the police department found a doubt. in that the initiative they passed, I believe it was in 2019, which they passed in order to get more police officers. They now want to strip that money and put more money into behavioral health yep. Folks that will go out with EMS mm-hmm. to deal with these things, and the EMS folks are, and behavioral health folks are going. Uh, wait a minute! You realize what we're going to? Right. So that's those are the type of things that worry me about um, you now electing people to the city council. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts are? Uh, you know, though, are are you willing to step up and and? stand against these basically behind-the-scene defund efforts?
1: Absolutely. So um, my wife and I, we had um, last year, we, we own an events and entertainment business, and the government's response to the pandemic shut our business and our industry down. Um, you know, even now it is, it is, I mean, it's recovering, but incredibly slowly. And uh, we had a real moment there in time where it was like, is this where we want our future to be? Because Spokane has always been my home. I love this city more than anything. And um, we had a real time where we had to think about it. And I don't know what it was, but something rose up inside of me and it's just, I refuse to cede this territory, physically or intellectually, to people who hate the United States, who hate what it stands for, who hate those who enforce the laws of of the land. And uh, I refuse to cede that territory. And that same passion and energy and fire and that fight, um, I'm very much looking forward to bringing because it's a noble fight that needs to be fought. And if people don't rise up and fight it, then what we're going to find is we're going to find a situation where many people just say, okay, this isn't what I recognize anymore. I'm out. And I refuse to be one of those people who, who you know, is is the flight. I'm gonna be the fight.
0: Well and amazingly enough, you have all these people leaving mm-hmm. the Seattle area, the mm-hmm. King County area. Yep. They're coming here and I've actually talked to those folks over the last six, seven, eight years mm-hmm. that we've started seeing that slow erosion out of the Seattle, King County area. Mm-hmm into other parts of the state of Washington. And mm-hmm. in my discussions with them, they, they always complain about what happened there and you know how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking about the politics. And I'm like, okay, you just said how bad it was. Right. Why are you still electing yep. the same type of people? Yep. And you're thinking about voting for those same type of people mm-hmm. here. Uh, do me one favor, don't bring what you ran away from here. Don't Seattle or Can. That that seems to click with them and gives them a, a, takes them back a little and they go, you're right. Mm -hmm. Why we cannot continue to say we don't like what happened, but continue to allow those simply because of a letter. Totally. And I'm, I'm amazed at that mentality. Homelessness. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do?
1: yeah so typically when we talk about homelessness the the people who are frustrated with with the homeless they're typically talking about the chronically homeless, the vagrants, uh, the shelter resistant homeless, um, and that's really what I want to focus in on because those who are temporarily homeless, bad Bill knocked them out, you know we're a generous community, we want to see you get back on your feet. But when it comes to you know vagrants and the chronically homeless who do tend to have overwhelming addiction issues or mental health issues, the thing is that The real tragedy of the situation is that in the United States, and particularly on the West Coast, by the way, Washington, Oregon, and California uh, comprise 61% of the nation's homeless population are in our three states. And I think that's because we have really bad policies. Um, And the problem is is that we're treating a human problem like it's a housing problem. And being generous people, we continue to throw money at it. But the problem is, is that in government, there's a pretty basic axiom. Anything you want to get rid of, you tax. Anything you want to promote, you subsidize. And by throwing more and more and more and more money at homelessness, what we've done is we've inadvertently created an industry of homelessness where we continue to fund providers who, with very good intentions, are contributing to a problem. And so what we need to do as a city is we need to decrease our funding for, um, for homeless providers uh, because we're just continuing to, um, uh, to enable folks who really, um, housing isn't their issue. The addiction and the mental illness are the issue. And those are the things that we need to be focusing on. Those are the things that we need to be seeing progress on um, in individuals to continue to um, help them get to restoration, to help them get to the healing from their brokenness. And that's the philosophy I want to bring is, uh, you know, if you need help, we want to help you. There is a plan that you must follow. There is something that you must contribute back to the city of Spokane because it's unfair for you to just take from the city of Spokane without contributing anything back.
0: Very rarely do you hear that that line of thinking mm-hmm. expressed openly mm-hmm. in this uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. The people, that, you know, at least one of your opponents mm-hmm. that you're running against um, is on the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've, I've listened to the pa- council mm-hmm. president, Mr. Beggs, talk about homelessness mm-hmm. and how it's a, a housing issue. It's a, mm-hmm. an affordable housing issue. Right. Sorry. I hate to tell you this, yep. but this is not economic driven, Correct. because if it was, we could actually help mm-hmm. because most people that end up homeless due to economic situations mm-hmm. want out. Yep. <laughs> they don't want to stay in that, that environment. Mm-hmm. You are 100% spot on mm-hmm. when you say that they're shelter resistant, mm-hmm. meaning they don't want to live in shelters. Right. They want, they want to live out on the street mm-hmm. and you know, our, our own media has, you know, countered that narrative going, mm-hmm. Oh no, we've done, we've talked, you. you who, who have you talked to? Right. Because I talked to these folks and they're like, no, I don't really want a shelter. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, an individual that sleeps outside the public safety building daily and nightly, mm-hmm. we have done everything in our power to help that individual mm-hmm. out, but they don't want nope. to stay in a shelter. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, anytime you provide a safe place to shoot poison into your body, totally. that's assisted homicide. Absolutely it is. And you don't fix people by allowing that them to kill themselves mm-hmm. and that's basically what we're allowing them to do. You have to, the big word is accountability. Yep. And um, it's so refreshing Mm -hmm. to hear somebody talk about we will help you, Mm -hmm. but there's an accountability piece here. Uh, UGM Mm -hmm. does a great job in that arena.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So, law enforcement, Mm -hmm. we have the homeless issue, Mm -hmm. then I'm gonna talk about another big one, and that's the mental health issue. Yes. What's your thoughts on the mental health? Crisis that Spokane mm-hmm. really is dealing with, but no one likes to talk about, and quite frankly no one's really providing the funding to fix that issue mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah, we do have a mental health crisis, and I think I, I think it really does stem from um, a lot of the uh, curriculum in schools quite honestly I think the way that students are being taught um, I think it's um, it's a really perverse ideology in many ways. That that um, you know, particularly to um, certain individuals, when they tell them that you know you can't succeed in America, uh, you know the, the you know the, the country that you live in is incredibly racist. It's never been good. It's never actually helped anybody in the world. Uh, we're giving these people a, a crisis of identity, and it's no wonder that we're we're dealing with you know mental health issues um, more than what we've seen in the past Um, and it's because you know again when you when you are telling somebody that that they're bad you know their country is bad their family is bad this is bad it's no wonder when somebody says okay well where do I belong? Why do I exist? Um, it's it's no wonder that these these issues actually happen, um, and so um, that's why I'm I'm thankful for uh, people like Kata Dean and Daryl Gefkin who are running for uh, school board because we need some significant changes in our in our curriculum. We need some significant changes in the direction of um, um, of our public schools because public schools play an important role in our in our city. And I think over the last uh, you know year and a half, I think the. Um, Um, the way that we didn't allow children to go back to schools when we knew that children were going to be safe there were there were much better solutions than not allowing children to be back in in schools I think uh, you know continuing to I think that's been a major contributing factor to mental health and so I'm excited for people who are rising up in those arenas as well to help you know correct that ship to help you know right um, right where that's going because I think that's gonna play some some big dividends in the future generations uh, when it comes to, to mental health so
0: the concept mm-hmm. that really drives a lot of the, the mental health issues mm-hmm. at the severe level mm-hmm. is a, f- a concept called least restrictive alternative. Mm-hmm. And the state, and quite frankly, even at the national level, the, uh, extremely at the state level, they have defunded mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, the western state, eastern state... Yep. Uh, in in pretty much crisis because of what's going on mm-hmm. and least restrictive alternative means no one should be institutionalized mm-hmm. they should be released into the community mm-hmm. into halfway houses but Jonathan when they fell at the mental ha- at the halfway houses mm-hmm. they're not going back to the institution where they end up on the street yep so the the problem that relays is it totally is going to impact Mm -hmm. your budget on the city council what's the message for the state that you would like to give the state in reference to you know you cannot continue to dump severely mentally ill individuals Mm -hmm. who truly their only true safety net is institutionalized uh, and people want to say that that's a, a an evil word no it's not I mean, that's how they get help. That's how they get the treatment. That's how they get better. Yeah. What's your message to these politicians that just want to, you know, drop it at the local level and walk away.
1: Yeah. So again, I would say, let's look at, you know, our, our, uh, mentally ill population. And again, we know that, um, you know, a good portion of the, uh, chronically homeless are mentally ill and we can ask ourselves this question right here. Is this what we want for, for that group of folks? Is this what we want if not then we've got to do something different and I think it does come down to funding those programs to make sure that we are able to um, to take care of them in the best way possible.
0: Right. Yeah. When we also take a, a look at Spokane mm-hmm. roads always come into yes. the major discussion mm-hmm. uh, I've never lived in a community that is so hyperly focused on, on roads, roadways. What's your plan for sustainability? Mm-hmm. Because this area is growing mm-hmm. and we, I've always looked at Spokane as a diamond in the rough. Yeah. And if the Spokane ever truly figured out its, its identity, mm-hmm. there'd be no stopping this stream from being one of the, you know, Powerhouses economically totally. within the state of, of Washington. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're always hampered by the east side or mm-hmm. the west side because they make doing business very, very hard mm-hmm. in this area. Yeah. In, in the state. So, your thoughts on the sustainability of growth and and how we maintain the infrastructure? And I want to throw one caveat in. Sure. If you're going to bring more people in. Yeah. And you want to bring more businesses in and more development. Mm-hmm. Why is there never a strategic planning for your public safety to go along with right. that growth?
1: Right. So, we do have some pretty incredible growth that's happening right now. I think that, that um, one of our biggest issues when it comes to the growth is the amount of housing that we have. Right now, we're, I mean, in 2017, we were 32,000 housing units short. Um, and so, for us to, I think, be able to fund and establish um, really solid budgets for infrastructure I think we need to get housing built because then we can widen the tax base as opposed to a few paying a lot we can have a much broader tax base paying property taxes funding things that are going to be able to take care of the roads we also have a pretty unique situation right now in that the um, the city is receiving 84 million dollars in American rescue Plan funds these are dollars that should not be used for programs that have a yearly budget these are one-time dollars. We should use them on things that um, that haven't been done in the past. And specifically, we have the ability with eighty-four million dollars in the Northeast. We have sixty-one miles of unpaved roads. Okay, we have eighty-four million dollars that we can use to pave some of the roads, to widen, you know, certain sections of the freeway. Whatever we need to do to make it to where traffic flows um, much better because. Um, well, and I think, again, one of the reasons why we're having increased strain on our, on our roads is because by not allowing housing to be built here, what's happening is people are building in Post Falls. Now, many of those people, or Liberty Lake, or the Valley, or Airway Heights, or you know, Deer Park, they're building around instead of building in Spokane many of these people still work in Spokane and so we're having huge uh, you know commuters or uh, you know a great amount of commuters coming from other parts of the area to work in the city Um, and it's no wonder that we're seeing increased strain on our infrastructure so I think that by building housing in the city of Spokane we can significantly reduce traffic numbers um, which also helps to significantly reduce the amount of carbon that these vehicles are emitting into the into the environment to, uh, you know, help us to do as much as we can as, as human beings to reduce our, our carbon footprint. Um, I think housing is a big deal. I think the money that's coming in um, from the American Rescue Plan are dollars that we should be spending on, on the infrastructure.
0: All right. We've talked about the homeless. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the mental health issues, mm-hmm. economic mm-hmm. aspects, yeah. law enforcement, and I want to hit you with the the issue that I've faced for the last sixteen years. Yes. When are we going to do something about a broken criminal justice system? Mm-hmm. And the reason part of that system is broken is you have a broken jail. Totally. So what? What is your thoughts on how do we? How do we finally break this logjam and build a system? Because there are people out there, people that you're running against, mm-hmm. people that have are empowered the city mm-hmm. have this concept of. Well, they just want to build a new jail. That's never been the concept. Mm -hmm. It's been the concept of building a new
1: system. Right. So what's your thoughts? How do we get there? How do we break this Mm -hmm. logjam? Well, you know, one of my favorite expressions that's come out over the last, uh, you know, year and a half is listening to the experts. And uh, I'm surprised that when it comes to criminal justice that we have a city council that doesn't listen to the experts. Um, And so that's where I would start is, is again by taking input from the people who are actually doing the work of criminal justice and you know there's there's a lot of people involved in that yourself obviously police chief Meidel uh, you know many from the courts um, systems um, we can take and have those conversations and then actually put into a plan that's going to be good for the city of Spokane and, and for Spokane County and for the region uh, because we know that right now um, particularly with jail we know that the jail is is too small for for the area that we have uh, you know it was small when it was built you know it's it continues to be small and as the population grows um, if we want to get serious about um, you know, taking a hard stance against crime and not allowing um, uh, criminals to to reign in the city, then we have to have the ability to actually enforce the laws. Um, and so, those are things that, um, again, at the city level, I want to to be a voice uh, for reason. I want to be a voice um, for for truth and justice along those lines. Because uh, right now, I don't I don't see a lot in the city council who are very interested in. Actually, protecting the community, I see a very strong push to protect the people committing the crimes, and uh, I want as much as anybody else for a criminal to be rehabbed into society and to rejoin and you know be our brother again or our sister again. Um, but the real deal is, is that I think that victims in our area um, have been uh, have been overlooked, and I think it's it's long past time that we actually take crime seriously and we protect people in the city.
0: A lot of frustration when you talk to citizens mm-hmm. about these issues. I, I know that you've been do- going door to door and I've talked to a lot of the candidates throughout the region that are doing the same thing you're mm-hmm. doing. It, the overarching th- theme seems to be major concern about law and order, yep. crime. Yep. Uh, and you have a city council that actually supported, if not helped sponsor some very Bad legislation that yeah. has come down, yep. and we are now reaping the rewards of. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reference to law enforcement, we have about three minutes left. Yeah. What do you think about how you are going to deal with the legislature on these issues, and then wrap up with. Your final thoughts, and more yeah. importantly, how these folks get a hold of you yes. to help you with your campaign. Yeah,
1: so I we've already dealt with this. So um, we um, at um, at our church building, uh, you know, we had um, some people that were um, um, that we didn't want on the property, and unfortunately, after the state law came in, you know, we we emailed um, uh, with with an officer, and they, you know, basically said, we know this sucks. But based on this legislation, we cannot help you, was kind of it. And anytime you have police telling citizens when they fear for their safety, when they are uh, you know potentially in danger, sorry you're on your own, I think we have a really big problem. And so we're going to do everything that we can. I'm going to do everything that I can at the city level to uh, refute and rebuke that state legislation to try and make it to where our citizens will actually feel um, and believe that they're safe in the community. Um, With that being said, again, my name is Jonathan Bingle. I'm running for City Council uh, in District 1, which is the Northeast. Um, You know, the election is on August 3rd. If you haven't filled out your ballot, I hope you vote for me. Um, You can check me out at JonathanBingle.com. And if you have any questions, give us a call, send us an email. All of the information is on there. Um, I see all of those inquiries, and I would love to get back to you. Uh, Thank you for your time. Thank you, Sheriff, for having me on. I really appreciate it, and uh, it's been a pleasure.
0: Well, thank you for coming on and folks i'm going to tag into what jonathan just said primary is coming up here's the sad part of what's happened to america you all stop voting in the primaries Mm -hmm. you're out at the lakes you're wrapped up with kids uh, soccer and everything else really busy lives and if you want to know why you have lost control of your government to the extremes on both the left and the right it's because you have forgotten that you have to vote in the primary. Mm-hmm. The extremes plan that they would come out in mass in the primary. You need to start voting in the primary to counter the extremes, elect good people mm-hmm. who have your interest in, in line, mm-hmm. not the extreme agendas and dogma of parties, but the care of the people doing the people's business. We forget. We are the government. Mm-hmm. There's not this thing called government. In America, it's we are the government. That's and right. you need to start taking your government back. Yes. And you do that in the primary. Mm-hmm. This is Sheriff Ozzy Kinezevich with the Sheriff's Report. Have a good day. Thank you. This is River Ridge Frame Shop called Frame It Today. Where we can take your art, customize it, and get it ready to hang on the wall. Thanks for watching. Ask the host a question, recommend a guest, or check out any of our other programs on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SpokaneTalksMedia.com. Sponsored by River Ridge Hardware.